Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Expensive Facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday afternoon so far. I'm doing pretty good. We got some news to talk about right here about the New York Islanders. Didn't think we'd be talking about them this quickly right here. I thought we'd be talking about them a lot, like, in the summertime, but no. So yesterday morning, it was announced, Lamarillo announced, our GM and president of hockey operations, he announced that Barry Trotz has been relieved of his duties as the New York Islanders head coach. Barry Trotz has been fired. And I've been thinking about this for a day now because it happened yesterday morning. I was thinking, like, you know what I'm going to say. I wasn't going to jump into it yesterday and start screaming and yelling at the top of my lungs and all that shit. You know, I'm still very pissed off that this happened. Still very pissed off it happened. Because it literally doesn't make any sense. It actually doesn't, when you want to think about it. Because this man right here, or I should say both men, because I know a lot of people are, are after Lou right now, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. The moves that he made in the offseason, last year signing fucking Chara, not trading for Tarasenko when they really should have, because look at Tarasenko now. 30-plus goals, you could have traded for him. You know, you can't blame him with Panarin because Panarin decided to take a less year and less money with the Rangers, so you can't blame him on that one. That doesn't make sense. They offered him the most. Um, you know, who else? Like I said, they didn't go after Tarasenko, which they really should have. Because look at the da- look at the down year Beauvillier had. He was terrible. You would have got Tarasenko. This team would be a little bit different. Should not have signed Chara. Should have never traded Tabes in the last offseason. That should have never happened. Because that didn't make sense, though. Like, you know, I know that's back in the uh, offseason a year ago. But if the cap space was the problem, then why didn't they trade Letty at that point? They traded Letty back in July last year. Why didn't they trade him in October, November of 2020? If the money was the problem. Why didn't they just do that? Because look at Devon Tabes now. Look at Devon Tapes. He's scoring the playoffs for Colorado. I mean, come on. That was bad trading tapes. That made no sense trading tapes. It absolutely made no sense. I mean, granted, the Islanders still got to the conference finals, you know, but come on. You could have had tapes out there. Things could have been a whole lot different. They really could have been. They really could have been. We have a chance to right that wrong with Robin Sallow. That's if he plays next season, which most likely he will. Most likely he will. But you have a chance to right that wrong. It's okay, you know what? We made a mistake trading tapes. Let's not fuck up Robin Sallow because the kid is the real deal. Let's see what he can do in a full season. I'm not saying he'll go out there and score 20 goals. Like, no, I don't expect that at all. Not out of question, but I don't expect that. He's just a really good two-way defenseman. He's great defensively, and I think he can elevate his game offensively. That's all I'm saying. But, um, you know, other moves too. Like, what's other moves that Lou has made? Um, or that he hasn't made, you know. Um, but like I said, it's mostly coming down to, re- to not re-sign, to, you know, signing Chara. It didn't make any sense. Like, well, at first it did. Okay, start his career with the Islanders. He's going to end it. Most likely he's going to retire. You know, the Islanders' Stanley Cup window was wide open going into the season. I, I understand it. But Char was terrible. He was terrible. I don't want to hear about his plus minus. The guy was terrible. He was terrible out there. 
It was fucking terrible. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. The guy was awful. <sighs> I mean... And I know what Lou said. Like, you know, they're going to make some moves this offseason. I believe they will. Well, you gotta... You gotta sign somebody good. You gotta sign a big-time goal scorer. Whether it's Forsberg, because the Predators just got swept. I don't know if Forsberg's going to stay there with Nashville. So you got to try sign him. Or try Goudreau. Try Goudreau. Give Goudreau whatever he wants. Give him a max. Give him a big welcome. I should say max, not the NBA. You can give as many years as you want. But give him a big deal. If you want seven years or eight years, you give it to him. The guy's worth it. He's not Andrew Ladd. He's not Andrew Ladd. Goudreau's a different player. Goudreau's in his prime. I would sign him. That's the big fish. You sign Goudreau. We got something. Okay, fine. And I keep saying, get that guy from Arizona. Get that guy Chickering on defense. Okay, make some moves. Get rid of Bailey. Get rid of Beauvillier. And there we go. Wallstrom and Bellows can play without any problems. Because those two should not get traded. They really shouldn't. You know, but coming down to firing Barry Trotz, it, it literally just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. This is a guy right here that came in. He plucked the Islanders from obscurity. He turned them around. He made them a really good defensive team. I mean, granted, yeah, I did criticize Trotz a little bit this season for benching Wally and benching Bellows and you know, having not really having a short fuse with Bailey, letting him play, you know. That's what kind of pissed me off right there. Like, why is Bailey still playing and he's just struggling? And Walsh from Bells, they have to ride the pine some games. And I'm not trying to make it seem like all Wally played like a superstar. I'm not trying to make it seem like that at all. He struggled at times, too. I think it's all because of his confidence getting screwed around with. And when you're constantly getting benched and everything, you know, it's going to screw with your confidence. That's just what it's going to do. Same thing with Bellows as well. That's just how it is. You know, but no, I mean, again, I'm pissed they fired Trotz. I really am. When I saw this when I saw this yesterday morning, I almost couldn't believe it. I almost couldn't believe it. I thought I was hoping that it was a fake Islanders account, but no, it's the real one. It's the real one. I just couldn't believe it. That's definitely what really shocked me. He turned this team around. He turned Adam Pellick around. Adam Pellick was terrible before Trotz came in. He was terrible. Adam Pellick was one of the worst defensemen on this team before um, Trotz came in. He was terrible. Defensively-wise, the Islanders were a terrible hockey team before Trotz came in. They were a terrible defensive hockey team. They were the worst. They were the absolute worst. And it just doesn't make any sense. It literally does not make any sense why the Islanders fired Trotz. It really doesn't. I don't know what Lou's vision is going forward. I really don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if him and Trotz were going at it. Apparently there's reports that Trotz and Barzell were going at it at times. And they didn't really get along. And there was a whole decision back in February like between Barzell and Trotz. Like, oh, it's either Barzell or Trotz. I'm like, what? 
See, this is why I criticize Barzell. See, this is why I criticize it, but people don't understand it. People do not understand why I criticize Barzell. The guy is the most overrated player on the fucking team. Barzell peaked in his rookie season. Ever since then, I don't want to hear, oh, it's because of trots and everything, why his game has been off everything. The guy doesn't shoot the puck. He doesn't shoot it. He's turned into a right-handed Josh Bailey. He doesn't shoot the puck. And with his skills, with his skills, he should be dominating in the shootout. And he doesn't. He's basically like Tavares in the shootout. He sucks in the shootout. This is why I've been criticizing Barzell recently. Because his game has went so far down. Ever since his rookie season. I mean, granted, we saw a lot of rookie Barzell in the playoffs last year from Game 3 against the Bruins to Game 7 against the Lightning. Barzell was on fire. And I'm not saying Barzell's got to go out there and score every game. I'm not saying that. But he gets in so many gold... He gets in so many bad gold drafts. It's like, come on here. He's not playing like the superstar. He should be playing like. He should be the right-handed Connor McDavid, but in reality, he's the right-handed Josh Bailey. That's what he is. That's what he is. I don't want to hear it. That's why I've been criticizing Barzell for a while now, because he doesn't step it up. He doesn't step it up at times. He just doesn't. He's supposed to be that superstar goal scorer. I thought... This kid will be scoring 30 goals a year. He, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do it. You want to look at you want to look at his statistics? Let's look at his statistics right here. From his rookie season till now. Let's take a look. And he's still very young. He'll be 25 later on this month. So let's take a look. Alright, so in his first season, he only played two games, and that was it. He got sent down after his second game. And that was in the third game of the season. And then okay, from the 17-18 season and so on. 22 goals, 18 goals, 19 goals. Shortened season, but 17 goals was impressive. And then 15 goals this season. So this year, he had a career worse in 15 goals. That's bad. And he only missed nine games. Some of it was due to COVID. So he only missed nine games. 15 goals in 73 games? Come on. At the way that he plays, he should be scoring... He scored 20 goals. He hasn't had a 20 goal season since his first season. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's actually unbelievable. But I'm not going to blame Trotz at all. I'm not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, who was Barzell? Like, who was he? Who, who, who was he? He's not a superstar. This is the same guy that blocked me on Twitter because I said. Nice turnover superstar and this and that superstar. I didn't curse him out. He's a nice turnover superstar and what else? A great pass superstar. And I found out he blocked me. I was like, oh, wow, what the fuck? This guy's weak. This guy is fucking weak. Like, come on. You're going to let shit on Twitter bother you? Then that shows how you are in real life. It shows that you're weak. Come on. Like, seriously, you can't take that kind of criticism? It, and these were like, I wasn't just doing it to do it. I wasn't trying to be a troll, like, oh, let me go, let me, let me troll Matt Barzell. Like, no, he was actually fucking up. I mean, come on. Oh, my God, I wasn't trying to, wasn't trying to be a troll at all. I was just, like, telling the truth. I thought, oh, nice turnover, a great pass. Like, come on. Seriously? I don't know why, I don't know why people defend this kid so much. I really don't know why. I really don't know why. I don't understand it. I really don't. 
He doesn't deserve to be fucking praised. He just doesn't. I don't want to hear it. He's got one year left on his deal. Hopefully he steps it up this season. Hopefully the season coming up, he steps it up. Maybe he has a 30-goal season. I'll be like, wow, okay, fine. Let's go then. But then it comes down to, will he resign? If he has another down year, then trade him at the deadline. No matter where this team stands, get rid of him at the deadline. If he's still struggling, no matter whether the Islanders are on top or they're at the bottom, get rid of him. That's what I say. So the Islanders, let's just say, let's just say they're the number one team in the league or team in the East next season. And Barzell's playing like shit still. Get rid of him. Even if they're at the bottom of the East and he's still playing like shit. Well, even if he's still playing good or even if he is playing good, well, then why, then he would deserve to be on a playoff team. So that's all I'm trying to say. But again, no, I'm really pissed they fired Trotz. This really does not make any sense. It's really annoying. It really is. Just when this team took 100 steps forward going into the 2018-19 season, they've taken like a million steps back right now. Missing the playoffs. I mean, and granted, I don't like to make excuses, but the Islanders were hit hard with, they really were hit hard with COVID, and the NHL should have canceled the games. Because you saw the players the Islanders are putting out there. Grant Hutton, Paul Ledoux, Andy Andrioff, Michael Dalcola had to play a game. Who else is out there? Uh, Koivala, I mean, he's he's a, he's a minor leaguer, Koivala. Who else? Um, Richard Ponick. I mean, he's he was actually playing fine when he was up here. Play, I mean, playing a lot better than fucking Bailey. You know, he had all those guys in Ajo as well. And fucking Ajo was... Don't even get me started on him. I mean, granted, before that too, the 13-game road trip, that definitely hurt as well. You know, but they still... You know, they didn't really didn't play bad in that 13-game road trip. They really didn't. You know, 5-6-2, and two, that's actually not terrible. It's average, but it's not terrible. So... It's mostly because of COVID... So, they really should have. They really should have canceled the games, but they didn't do it. But you really can't blame you. You can't blame Trots for the Islanders' failures this year. Like I just mentioned, the road trip and COVID. You really gonna blame Trots? He was not. He, was he one of the problems? I mean, like I said, I didn't like how he benched Bellows or and Walsh at times. And he had such a high tolerance for Bailey. You know. That's, you know. But he wasn't the problem. No, he, re- he really wasn't. He really wasn't. This team still kept on competing. Even towards the end, they competed. They tried. They fucking tried. Even when they got hit with COVID, this team was still trying. They didn't get blown out. In the, the games right there where COVID really hit them hard, let's say they lost 5 2, 3 0, 4 1, and 1 0. I mean, they weren't scoring, but they weren't getting like blown out, like giving up seven, nine goals. They kept on trying, they did everything they could. I mean, what else more can you ask from them? That, that's, that's about it. That's like what you get right there. There's nothing else they could have done. 
But I'm really disappointed in this team. I'm really disappointed in this organization right now for getting rid of Barry Trotz. And that's the scary thing is Jack Capuano spent more games behind the bench than Barry Trotz did. That's, like, fucking scary as an Islanders head coach. And I mean, okay, well, it's... Okay, not that it's scary because here's the thing. Again, with Capuano, I'm one of those people that really didn't hate Capuano that much. You know, he really wasn't that bad of a head coach. He was very average above average. He's a coach that can get you to the playoffs, but he's not going to lead you all the way. That's just how it was with Capuano. He really wasn't... He really wasn't as bad as people make him, like, out to be. You look at those rosters that they had when they went to the playoffs in the 2012-2013 season, even though it was a shortened season. You look at that roster. That team should not have made it to the playoffs. That team shouldn't even went six games with Pittsburgh. They shouldn't have. You know, and the back-to-back season they made to the playoffs the last year, or, you know, the quote-unquote last year of the Coliseum, because they did come back. And the first year in Brooklyn, those two, those two Islander teams were good. Those two Island teams were good. Defensively, eh, well, they got Letty and Boychuk. They really helped out, but the rest of the defense really wasn't that good. But, um, so, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't like Capuano. I understand why. I definitely understand why. I watched those games. I watched those games. Not a bandwagon fan. I watched those games with Capuano coached. You know, he made his, he, he did make a lot of fucking mistakes, but he wasn't the worst Islanders head coach. He really wasn't. He's a lot worse than Capuano. There's Scott Gordon, Butch Goring, Mike Milbury. And, you know, there's worse. There's definitely worse. Like, come on. Those guys didn't even make it to the playoffs as a head coach of the Islanders. So, come on. Let's give Capuano a little break. I'm not trying to, you know, defend him. But he wasn't as bad as people make him seem to be. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. But it, it is really, like, scary, though, that he coached more games behind the Islanders bench than Barry Trotz did. And Trotz had a lot of nice moments as an Islanders head coach. He won his 800th game here and his 900th game. You know, he had, a lot of ni- he had a lot of nice moments as an Islanders head coach. I was thinking, oh, maybe he'll get his 1,000th win as an Islanders head coach. That would be really cool to see. Not going to happen with us. Not going to happen with us. I mean... It comes out of this, like, where does Trotz go now? Like, people are saying he might go to Winnipeg. He might, like, he might go back home to coach. Or he could be done. Maybe he's done. Maybe he doesn't want to coach anymore. After getting fired. You know, I'm sure wherever he goes, he's going to want to stick it to the Islanders. You know, and all the signs kind of do point to Winnipeg. That's where he's from. So it would make sense. He wants to go back home. But I'm really ashamed. But I'm grateful, though, for Barry Trotz, though. He's... Four seasons in Iowa's head coach, getting the playoffs three out of four seasons, going to the conference finals back to back years in the 2019 2020 season and last season. You know, the guy was a great fucking head coach for the Islanders. He was great. Like, I don't know, maybe if he lost a locker room or something. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe him and Lou were going at it a lot. I don't know. We just don't know right now. I shouldn't say I don't know. We don't know. I mean, Trot seems like a good guy. He seems like a good guy, but maybe he just lost the locker room. I don't know. We, we don't know right now. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe because him and Barzell were going at it too. Maybe people didn't like how he kept benching Wally and Bellows. You know, I understand that. But you know, it also does fall on Lou as well how this roster was constructed. 
it falls on Lou as well. It, it just does. It's more on Lou's shoulders than it is Trot's. Because you look at this roster, you know, they should have protected Eberly in that expansion draft with Seattle. They should have protected Eberly. They could have needed Eberly out there this year. He was a pure goal scorer. I mean, I criticize Eberly at times because most because of the playoffs. Because the playoffs, he did, he did struggle at times, but he had his moments. Um, but he was great in the regular season for us. They should have protected Everly. That just didn't make any sense why they didn't protect him. And like I said, well, in the offseason, they did make good re-signings. I mean, at the time, Bovillier was a good re-signing. In reality, it's turned out to be bad. Sorokin, I mean, what else more can you say about Sorokin? The guy should be up there for a Vezina finals. Obviously, he wouldn't win, but he should at least be considered. The guy was awesome this year. The guy was just awesome. I think he'll be in the Vesna conversation for the next two years, I would say. I think next season, the year after, he'll be in that conversation. And maybe he'll win. Just maybe he'll win. Also re-signing Sezikis. That was good. Sezikis had a good year. Sezikis is going to go out. He's not going to give you 30 goals. He probably won't even give you 20. I think he did have 20 goals. Didn't he have 20 goals in the 18-19 season? So that was a rare, that was a rare occasion. He's not going to go out there and score a lot of goals for you. He's just not. That's who Casey is. We know who he is. You know, Brandon Parise. Brandon Parise was a good one. He played in every game. He was the only Islander that played in every single game this year. That's something. And he came to play every single game. I'm not going to criticize Parise. Because, oh, he didn't, didn't score as much. He's not the same player, though. He's not the same player, but he wasn't lackluster. He went out there and he played his fucking heart out. That's what he did every single game. So that's a fine move. I mean, bringing back Andy Green. I mean, he was, he was whatever. You know, he was still he's still a great defensive defenseman. So he was he was okay. Char was an abomination. You know, they did resign Pellick. Pellick had a great season. He went to the All Star game. He had a really good season. Giving Pollock the extension. You know, he was out for. He was out from November to. Was late February he came back, or early February he came back. And when he came back, he did struggle a little bit. It was early, I think it was early February. Pollock came back. He struggled a little bit. He struggled, but towards the end of the season, he played great. Got some great shots on net. You know, you need him out there for the power play. So definitely extending Pollock was good. That's the thing, like Lou has made his good moves, like with re-signing guys, just other than Beauvillier right now. But he just doesn't go after the big free agents. Since he's been here, he hasn't been after he hasn't been able to go after the big free agents. Again, he tried with Panarin. You can't blame him there. Panarin again took less money and a less year. So you can't blame the Islanders there. They wanted to give Panarin more. You know, and they and believe me, they could have needed Panarin the last two seasons in the playoffs. I'm just gonna say that. Um well, when he traded for Pajot, well Pajot's been great. I know Pajot had a down year. He, Picked it up a lot, you know, a lot more towards the end of the season. But I still think Pajot's a really good hockey player, honestly. So I think he'll be fine. So I'm not going to be worried about that. Re- I forgot, re- he re-signed Paul Murray. Paul Murray did struggle the first half of the season. But towards the second half of the season, the second half of the season towards the end, Paul Murray played great. Paul Murray's one of our best players. Got screwed a lot with, you know, the fucking referees and everything with the no goals. He was getting screwed a lot right there. But other than that, Paul Murray was fine. He's got three years left. So I would not trade Paul Murray. I was thinking like they should trade Paul Murray, but he really stepped it up towards the end of the season. He really did. I'll give him a lot of credit. 
I'll give him a lot of credit. He was definitely one of our, he's def, he was definitely one of our best players towards the end. He definitely was. But I just think he's got to go after a big free agent this offseason, Lou. He just has to. But again, going back to Trotz. Like I said, this is a man right here that really turned the Islanders organization around. Turned them into a better defensive team. Is what they needed. Because the Islanders haven't been a good defensive team in many years. Like the 2018-2019 season was the best Islanders defensive team I had ever seen. And I've been watching every game... A majority of every game of the New York Islanders since the 08-09 season. Back in, you could say, January of 09. It's when I really started to get engaged and watch a lot of the Islanders. From 2009 to 2017, I saw so many bad defensive New York Islanders teams. The Islanders' defense got better in the 14-15 to 15-16 seasons when they got Letty and Boychuk. The defense got better. But there's only so much those two guys can do. You know what I mean? But I saw a lot of bad defensive New York Islander teams. But the 2018-2019 season, that's when things turned around. Still had Letty and Boychuk. Pellick turned into a different defenseman. Pollock. You know, Pollock was good even before Trotz came in. You know, and Scotty's always been a good defensive defenseman. You know, and then with Taves as well. Taves, <laughs> Taves fit. He fit pretty well in Trotz's in Trotz's system. He really did. He absolutely did. He absolutely fucking did. And it just really is a shame. It really is a shame that Taves isn't here anymore. It really is. But that falls on Lou. That completely falls on Lou. But um, it just—it really does suck. It really does. You know, but now you look into the future here for the New York Islanders. You look into the future. Is the future bright? I mean, they still have a lot of great prospects coming up, like DeFour and like Rat and Ratu, and Salo, of course. Even though he did play. This season, hopefully he gets a full season next season. I believe he will, unless they do something stupid. You know, but it just, it really just boggles my mind that Trotz is gone. I, I still don't want to believe it. It almost feels like a bad dream, honestly. That's what it feels like. Because when I heard the New York Islanders brought in Lula Marillo, this is back in May of 2018, I'm like, oh, okay, we got a really good GM. He's got a great reputation. He's won a Stanley Cup as a GM. He's one of the smartest hockey minds that we've ever seen. He keeps everything secret. That's just his mentality right there. I'm like, all right, let's see who he brings a head coach because it seems like Doug Waite won't be the head coach going forward. So then in June, it was after the Stanley Cup. There was a couple days after the Stanley Cup. The New York Islanders announced Barry Trotz will be the new Islanders head coach. And I was like, holy shit. A guy who was recently coming off winning the Stanley Cup. He's coming to the island. And that's what I was starting to think. Oh, maybe Tavares is actually going to resign. Because now he has a competent GM. Not somebody named Garth Snow. And you have a competent head coach. Somebody that's not named Doug Waite. And I was like, oh. He might resign. But then he wanted to believe it. And then it's like, we just taken like so many steps forward. Then it felt like we took so many steps back. But the rest is history. When's the playoffs... Three straight season without Tavares. 
got to a comp got to two straight conference finals. So it's really something. It really is something. And it's a lot of it, you know, a lot of the praise has to go to Barry Trotz and how the Islanders made it to the playoffs three straight seasons, especially going to the conference finals, back-to-back seasons. Most of that praise has to go to Trotz. Some of it goes to Lou. Some of it does go to Lou. But most of it's got to go to Barry Trotz and how he fixed this team defensively. And, you know, it really makes me upset that he's gone. It really does. It really does. Because I want to see this team succeed so much. It's like you had, we had it right here the last two seasons going to the conference finals in 2019-2020 being two wins away from the Stanley Cup, from getting to the Stanley Cup. And then last season being one win away from getting to the Stanley Cup. It's like, oh my God, it's like it's right there. It's right there. And it just, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. We had heartbreak back-to-back seasons. And it sucked. It really sucked. I mean, you really can't say much because Tampa was a good team back-to-back years. They still are. They're still a good team. See, you can't act like you lost to nobodies. You lost to a really good hockey team back-to-back seasons. Even when they got swept by Carolina in the 18-19 season, Carolina was a good team. They still are. Carolina's a really good team. You know, so it's not like you're losing to a nobody. It's not like it's a nobody team. Or it's, it's not like it's a team filled with nobodies that just comes in and just beats the shit out of you like that. You know what I mean? It's not like the Islanders lost to Columbus in the 2019-2020 season. Could you imagine that? That team had nobody. That team had absolutely nobody. Could you imagine that, though? That would be sad. That would have been sad. But... Most of that praise, again, it goes to Trotz. It absolutely does. You know, I think one of the one of the smartest decisions he made in the playoffs was um, when they lost game six to Philly in 2020. That's a game they should have won if Orlamov didn't shit the bed. He made the right decision to go to Thomas Grice in game seven. Thomas Grice got a shutout. Played a great game. He made the right decision right there. You know, in reality, they should have won game six. But again, Varley shit the bet on that one, so that's on him. But, you know, Trotz, he made his good decisions. He absolutely did. But again, there were the bad decisions again with benching Wally. Especially when Wally was healthy in the playoffs last year in round three when they could have needed him instead of Zajac. Just saying. But, you know, um... I don't know. I I don't know. It it just feels like Trotz is the scapegoat in this one. It really does. It really does. But again, us as fans, we don't know what happened. Again, it could be... There's so many, like, scenarios. Trotz could have lost a locker room. Maybe Trotz didn't want to coach anymore to make it seem like he's fired. Maybe him and Lou were buttonheads. Maybe he was buttonheads with other people in management as well. Who knows? We don't know. We know Trotz is a strict, you know, head coach. That's who he is. He doesn't take any shit. He's not going to go in there and be 
you know, f- you know, player's best friend and everything, he's going to be a fucking coach. He's a strict kind of guy. He fucking told Ovechkin, get your shit together and everything a few years ago, and he turned Ovechkin around into a defensive player, into a two-way player. Not only will he score 50-plus goals on you, he's going to play great defensively as well. Because Ovechkin was fucking shitty on defense before Trotz came in to Washington. He was one of the worst offensive players out there, Ovechkin. He was all about offense. He was all about offense. That's all he was about. And he turned it around. He absolutely turned it around. Absolutely turned it around right there. Again, it almost, it almost feels like a bad dream. I'm just reading this list that somebody put up on Twitter. Isles Nation, at NY Isles Nation. So he put a list on here of uh, people that he would or would not want as head coach of the New York Islanders going forward. So top tier, he has Claude Julien, Bruce Boudreaux, and Rick Toquette, or Toshette. Intriguing Jim Montgomery. Ricard Gronberg and Lane Lambert. I think it's going to be Lane Lambert. Less intrigued, but still intrigued. Todd Nelson, Mike Vellucci, Manny Maltharo, Marco Strum, Pascal Vincent, and Nate Lehman. I don't want to support bad people. Granted, right here, Joe Quenville and Mike Babcock. Those two guys can go fuck themselves. Guys he wants to stay away. John Stevens, Dan Bilesma, Mike Yo. Elaine Vignon, Paul Maurice, John Tortorella, and Dave Tippett. And please, God, no David Quinn, Travis Green, Brent Thompson, Doug Wayne, Scotty Gomez. Oh, shit. Um, and to be honest, though, to be honest, though, I know he has, like, retreats to stay away from. He has John Tortorella on there. I've always liked Tortorella. I've always actually liked Tortorella. I've always liked him. You know, he made Columbus a real competitive hockey team, and they only got as far as the second round in the 18-19 season. They swept Tampa, who won the President's Trophy that year, which was really impressive. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still think it's going to be Lane Lambert. I think he'll be the next head coach of the New York Islanders. And listen, he was in Trotz's system for so long together as an assistant head, as assistant coach with him. I think he was there with him in Washington as well. So, to be honest, I wouldn't mind Lambert. I actually wouldn't mind him at all. You know, is he Trotz 2.0? Yeah, he very much, I would say, is. But if he's the next head coach, all right, fine. I'm not going to complain. If it's Lambert, all right, whatever. He's kind of like the same way like Trotz is. So you know what? That's fine. But, you know, you have Lou saying, oh, this team needs a new voice and everything. So it kind of seems like with him saying that, there's two things you can read into it. One, it's going to be something that's not in the organization. Two, okay, it could just be 
one of the assistant one of the assistant coaches that steps in as the head coach and is that new voice. But I'm kind of reading into it saying it's going to be somebody that's out of the organization, it seems like, when, when Lou says it like that. So I really don't know, but I definitely agree with staying away from David Quinn, Travis Green, Doug Wade, don't want to have that, that reunion, and Scotty Gomez and Brent Thompson. Oh, jeez. Bridgeport head coach. Yeah, those are guys I just would definitely stay away from. But Tortorella, though, I know that's a pretty cold take right there. I'm not sure a lot of people would like that. That's understandable because, I mean, I just like Tortorella. I've always liked him. So it's not going to happen. But I actually wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I'm not going to complain. If it was on the God No list, like people that are on that list, then, yeah, I'll definitely complain. I definitely would complain then. But we just don't know who's going to be the next head coach. We don't know. I, mean, I, I still think, again, I still think it's going to be Lambert. But you read into it, it's like it could be something that's out of the organization, though, what, what Lou is saying. And it's a real damn shame. It really is. It really is a damn shame. This team's Stanley Cup window was wide open going into this season. And I think right now it's shut. It's not even open. It's not even half open without Trotz. It would be half open if Trotz was still here. So no matter who takes over as head coach, I'm not going to say it's going to open. It could be it could be a guy I like, like John Tortorella. It's not going to be open. It won't open even half a bit. It's still going to be closed. Even if it's Lane Lambert. Did I, did I say Dan Lambert at some point in this episode? I feel like I did. I meant to say Lane Lambert. If I said Dan, my mistake on that one. But if it's Lane Lambert, then... It doesn't open. It just it stays closed. You can say, oh, but he's, you know, he worked with Trotz. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter, though. It's not, it's, you know, he could be, he could be terrible. He could peel, he could be shit. That's the honest truth. Lane Lambert could step in and be shit. Anybody that could step in, you would think that's good, couldn't be shit. And anybody you think that could be shit could actually be good. Like, say if Scotty Gomez was to step in and the Islanders go all the way, you'd be like, what the fuck? How, how'd that happen? <laughs> like how the fuck did that happen? It was it was really weird having Scotty Gomez as the power play as a fucking power play coach a couple years ago. That was just weird. That just didn't seem like it made much sense. But you know, I'm gonna try to be as optimistic as I can going into uh going into next season. I really want to be. I want to be as optimistic. I want to be as optimistic as I can. I just don't know if I can, though. I really don't. I really don't know if I can. It's not going to be easy. It's just not going to be easy at all being optimistic with this team going into next season. Because they're going to be a totally different team. They're going to be a totally, totally different team. That's just how it's going to be. That's just how it's going to be going into next season. just how it is. That's just how it's going to be now. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. It absolutely does. You know, I'd be lying right now if I said, oh, 
things will be okay with the Islanders. They'll be okay. You know, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, there's every right to get ahead of ourselves right now and feel like the worst is going to come next season for this team. People have every right to feel that way. They absolutely, absolutely do. They absolutely fucking do. So, I don't know. I really don't know. It, it just... It just sucks. It really does. You know, I want to look forward... I really want to look forward to next season. I really, really do. But it's just... I don't know. It, again, it almost just doesn't feel real. That's what it is. Like, you know, it's like you're just in literal shock. Like, this actually just fucking happened. Like, what the fuck? But I hope for the best next season for this team. I really do. I really hope for the best. I hope this team proves me wrong. I really hope they do. Hopefully in the offseason we can make some big moves. Get get a big-time goal scorer. Got to be something. There's got to be something. Got to be something out there. I just don't know who, though. And whoever's going to take over as head coach, which I still believe is going to be Lane Lambert. I still believe it's going to be him. But we shall see. We shall see. Whoever it's gonna take, whoever's gonna take over, whether it's Lane Lambert or probably even maybe even maybe it's even a name that's not even on that list. It could be completely could totally be somebody else. It could be somebody else that we're not even thinking of right now. You know whoever whoever, you know, steps up right here as head coach of the New York Islanders. I seriously hope they step it up and this team is competitive going into next season. And hopefully they get some big-time peace in the offseason. They they cut the dead weight like guys like Bo and guys like Bailey. They don't bring back Char and don't bring, and don't bring back Green. You know, get the get a big-time free agent, whether it's Forsberg or Goudreau. Get that guy Chickering for defense from the Coyotes. Let's see. I mean, this offseason seems very down right now as it is, and rightfully so. But hopefully it can go up. It can't be in the middle. It's got to be... It's got to go up now at this point. It cannot be in the middle. It's got to go up. But we all know what will happen. If the Islanders somehow do get Goudreau and get Forsberg or make all the moves I just said, they'll praise Lou like, oh, you should never talk bad about him. And people will just be hypocrites. That's how it'll be. I'm still going to be pissed at Luke firing trots. Sorry. Just how it is. 
But we'll see what happens now going forward. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I hope the Islanders have a really good offseason, though, going forward after getting rid of Trotz right now, which is a shame. I want to thank Trotz for everything he did with this team, for turning them around, making them a great defensive team, making them competitive, making them Stanley Cup contenders. And you get treated like this, it's a real fucking shame. I wish, I wish him the best wherever he does, whether he coaches again or doesn't coach again. I thank him for everything he did for this organization. And he'll always have a special place in my heart, Barry Trotz. He's the best Islanders coach I've ever seen live. In my lifetime, he's the best coach I've ever seen. Obviously, the best Islanders head coach of all time is Al Arbor. Obviously. But I didn't grow up in the Arbor times. You know, I've grown up here in the Scott Gordon, Jack Capuano, Doug Waite, to now um, Barry Trotz times. And now, going forward, we be somebody else. But... Having Barry Trotz, the Islanders head coach, the last four years are the best four years I've had being a New York Islanders fan. Definitely the best four years in the span of me being an Islanders fan since 09. So I've been an Islanders fan for 13 years, right? Well, I would say my whole life, but again, I started watching mostly in January of 09. Real bad time to start watching. Um... I mean, the thing is, I was engaged in the 08-09 season. Like, I watch games from here to there in October, December, but I really got engaged in January. That's where I you know, said to myself, I really like hockey. I'm going to watch this more. I, I, I watch highlights. I watch old highlights. Get to know all the players, of course. You know, and I'm glad that I have. But Barry Trotz is easily the best Islands head coach, easily the best Islands head coach that I've ever seen in my lifetime, obviously. Obviously in my lifetime. But yeah. But alright guys, again, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday to review AEW Dynamite. I'll be there with my dad and King MGJ tomorrow. So it'll be fun. Alright guys, again, enjoy this episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll talk to you guys on Thursday to review AEW. Light the fuse, bring the boom, Dynamite. Talk to you then, guys.